Welcome to another episode of La Ventanita. I'm Carlos Frias, and say hello, Amy Reyes. Hi. All right. Well, we're here for another episode, and uh, as always, there's always something going on, something interesting going on, uh, stuff in the news that I want to talk about, closings and some new surprises, and we got uh, the sweetest guest in a lot of ways. Um, what do you want to talk about first? So there, there were a couple things that, that were bouncing around the news this week and yesterday. What caught your attention first? Well, for me, the, the closing of Nunzios. Yeah, that's a big one. That's, you know, it's funny. I, it, this is a restaurant out in like the western suburbs that I have heard about for years. I've not had the chance to go yet, but it'd been there for 48 years. Which that's is, pretty amazing in Miami. I mean, that is a feat. Well, yeah. Versailles was there for 50 and they threw a big party. You know what I right. mean? So totally. like these guys were there for 48 and very quietly um, were this very um, family-centric mom-and-pop restaurant that's got this great story. Like this this family in the 70s during like the gas crisis when like these uh, – when, when kind of the, the global economy was in kind of turmoil. They're trying to find a way um, to, to make their lives better. And here's this guy selling groceries out of the back of his car uh, and his wife says, you know, there's a um, – you know, I have family in New York that run a restaurant. You know, let's see if they will sponsor us to go to the States. So it's like him, his wife, and their five kids. Uh, and they all come to Miami and they open a restaurant. And 50 years, almost 50 years later, it's like it made a career from Like their kids are now retiring. Right. You know what I mean, like that's, that's the longevity of that restaurant. Those kids that came over at like 15 are now mm -hmm. retiring. So they couldn't find a grandkid that was like, yes, I want to keep on <laughs> making the red sauce. You know, there's, family restaurants are kind of like that, I think. There's yeah. either two paths. Uh, family businesses, I think, right? Like either you go into the family business or that was that one dream of that one head of household or whatever that lives its life. That's the length of that person. Yeah, it pays it. for college, so you go on to do other things, you know? Yeah, like that's absolutely. Kinda, that's kind of how it works. That's the, that's the circle of life. Yeah, so I, I wrote the full kind of like a little obituary, uh, a celebration of life, let's call it. R.I.P. Uh, for that Mugios. restaurant. Yeah, rip news deals. Um, but there's also really good news, which is uh, Miami um, has a finalist in the James Beard Awards. It's the first time since uh, 2008, and it is Zach the Baker. Ba -ba -da. Nice. You a Zach the Baker fan? I am. I like I, I like anything bread related. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of all things bread, and Zach makes some really good bread. So the only thing about Zach the Baker is since I live way out in the sticks, I can only get his bread like at Whole Foods. Unless I like actually make the long journey <laughs> to to Winwood, but like I, I I love his bread and anything bread related, I am a supporter of. And he got the uh, the finalist nomination for outstanding baker, so it could be the case that Miami has the country's best baker. And what's interesting about that category is that you know they they have different categories for chefs in regions, like the best chef in the South. This category is for everyone in the country. They're like Everybody, this Everybody is the best in. baker in the country. It's pretty great, and you know what? What's cool is that you said you you got his your bread at uh, whole, his bread at Whole Foods, and he's had opportunities to ship his bread further, but it would require changing the recipe so that he, he could add like, no. stabilizers and basically preservatives. And he's like, "We're big enough. Yeah. This is like he's like I'll ship my bread as far away as it will stay fresh. That's so a, you that's, can, so, that's a good plan. Yeah, so you can get it from like. 
parts of the lower keys to west palm beach mm-hmm. um and that's about it you know and and like he's he's living his best life and i think he sure is i think if we're lucky we're gonna have him on next week's episode so. sweet we can talk about bread i am Fingers. all about that conversation bro i'm a bread locust if there's bread <laughs> in my house i will first only eat bread until that's gone and then i'll think about having a balanced diet after yeah, that some weeks i'm just on the jesus diet i just have bread and wine <laughs> and i'm fine it's holy communion all the time leonardo da vinci throwing some cheese and it's like that's a <laughs> yeah I'm you're remembered for the ages for sure and then uh did you see this this thing with um enrique santos trying to make flan uh saying that flan should be the the state dessert listen so DeSantis has declared that the strawberry shortcake is the state dessert of Florida. And the people from the Keys had issues because they thought that the um, key lime pie should be the um, state dessert. But now in Miami-Dade County, we have a whole campaign launched to declare flan as the state dessert. And I personally think that this is the move because flan is delicious no matter what you know no matter how you you do it you know it's just a delicious dessert and what other state could like declare flan their national dessert like i mean their state dessert like who else maybe maybe california i don't know i'm here for it i'm here i'm here for it i I support enrique santos and i i support the uh todos somos flan movement so hashtag (laughs) todos somos flan I support this, and I think that um, we should all lend our internet support to the Todos Somos Flan movement, for sure. Well, I think we have the perfect person to both talk about flan and about baking, Zach. For uh, sure. And to talk about her really interesting career. And uh, our guest today is Cindy Cruz. So, Cindy Cruz makes some of the most delicious cookies Miami has ever tasted at her Cindy Lou's Cookie Shop in Little River. But these aren't just any cookies, and Cindy isn't just any baker. Uh, she'd been working for more than 25 years as a pastry chef at fine dining restaurants, making the kind of desserts that you want to take photos of you know, for Instagram. Uh, but she decided one day that she was tired of working for the man, and yes, I'm sure they were mostly men, and she started making the kinds of cookie, the kind of food that she wanted to eat, which cookies. Um, and they were an instant hit, and now they're spreading to Cindy Lou stores across the country. Oh what? Oh, my God. So, bienvenida, Cindy Lou. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, you're the best. We are so no, excited no. to have you. Listen, a couple of years ago, I think it was 20. When did when did you, he first interview in like 2018 or 20, 2017? 20, Carlos comes to the office. This was when we had a physical office with this giant box and these cookies that were like the size of our head. And it was just like a feeding frenzy. Everyone was just like, oh my God, did you try this one? Did you try the lemon one? Did you try the Nutella one? Everybody was so excited about them. They're just, they're, there's something super special about them because they're both like crispy and soft at the same time. And every single one, like every single different flavor is unique and worth eating in its own way. I, like I haven't had a bad cookie from Cindy Lou's ever. Oh, thanks so much. Well, before we get into cookies, I just want to mention something about Zach. Yes. Because um, I think it's worthy. And uh, I love Zach. I'm so happy for him. So well-deserved. I just have to say that 10 years ago, back in 2012, him and I started, like, the same way. Like, in our garages, he was down south, a little bit south Miami. I was in Coconut Grove. 
we both decided it's time to like bring something new to this town. And uh, I was bought my oven, my mixer, went into my garage in Coconut Grove, started making cookies for Panther Coffee. And he was doing bread for the uh, farmer's market. And I'm just so proud of him. I, we, we both come a long way and, and I love Zach. I think his bread is the best. And uh, it's just funny how we both kind of started in our garages doing what we love because it's definitely a labor of love what we do. It's from the heart. And I think that's what makes it so special and delicious. And, uh, and uh, it's been 10 years and I'm, I'm glad that it's paying off for the both of us finally. And um, I just had to say that because I'm just so proud of him and definitely a labor of love, which is where it comes in that they taste so delicious. I eat a cookie every day for lunch, believe it or not. <laughs> well, how do you stay so skinny? How, how is this possible? Because well, skinny cookies, cookies are my, they're my cheat day activity because it's like, you know, it's a whole well, thing. I don't, I don't eat a whole cookie, but I have to taste the stuff and there's so many. So every day I decide to try something different and it, it better be good because it's my lunch. So, mm-hmm. um, and I am working. I'm, I am going to work on a flan cookie because not only do I love what cookies, oh my god, I love flan. What like, kind oh of sorcery? <laughs> I think is that that? broke broke my brain. Like it's flan my mind is my favorite. One of my favorite. A key lime pie, flan, definitely something chocolate. But flan. I, I'm a flan girl. I'm from Puerto Rico, and I grew up eating flan for breakfast. And um, I'm definitely going to incorporate that into some sort of cookie, which I get inspiration from everywhere when I come up with my cookies. And this is an inspiration, like hashtag flan. Todos somos flan. Todos somos flan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there, I just had to say my Zach story because clearly he's he's gotten there and I'm very proud of him. Well, what I love for you is that your, your story is, is like that, is very grassroots, like it's you know, you started on a path, it seems like where, you know, we all kind of get into the hamster wheel, you know, oh, what am I going to do for a living? And then I start doing this. And at some point, you decided to do something that was for you. Um, but but I'm curious, like, how did you get your start? Dora Boricua, you're from the island. How, what brought you to the mainland? At what age? And how did I you left start? the mainland when I was 18. I went to Boston University. And when I graduated for the hotel and restaurant school, my dad said I had to get a job and I wasn't ready to get a job. So I went to culinary school up in upstate New York at the Culinary Institute of America. And the rest is history. I fell in love with baking. I ended up in Vegas um, for about a couple years. I worked for Wolfgang Puck there. And um, from Vegas, I uh, bounced around a little bit. I went back to Puerto Rico for a little bit. I went back to Vegas, which is where I ended up working for a few people that really um, gave me my foundation, like um, Charlie Palmer and Charlie Trotter and uh, John George. And um, that's where I, 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 my philosophy of fresh is always best. Cookies have to be fresh, fresh ingredients, the best you can find. Um, and I think that sets our, our, our product aside from the rest. Uh, we zest our own lemons, we juice our own lemon juice for our lemon cloud. Um, Oh my God, can I just say that that lemon cloud cookie, I I know that they existed in the universe before, like I was aware of them, I've had them somewhere at parties, you know. It's a life changer. And then you have this lemon flavored cookie with that's just like dusted with this 
confectioner sugar, so it's like a little cloud. And oh my god, I it took bursts. them to a party the other the day. The flavors I took, are incredible. I took the um, I, I went and got a box of cookies to take to a party the other day, and I proceeded to like eat them myself because they were actually a gift for the the hostess. And I ha- I got all this like sugar all over my shirt. As for as like, for as Gump would say, I ate some. I, <laughs> I, I brought you. I brought you cookies. I ate some. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I was just like the cookie monster. I so, love it. Well, I'm, I'm curious you. about this. Okay. I, I wanted. I did want to ask you. Uh, so often, and and we just from what I've seen it is, women are like our first chefs in our lives. Like our moms, our grandmothers. Everybody has a story about their moms and grandmothers. And then in the restaurant world, so often women are moved into if if moved either in on the line or into the pastry room like michelle bernstein has a pretty good story about how like she was she and hetty goldsmith and uh um and and a couple other young pastry chefs were kind of like it was like there was a little bit of a separation in the kitchen from kitchen to pastry room did did you feel any of that like i mean it turns out obviously you you love pastry and cooking but did you feel some of that like when you were coming up as a woman trying to like you know, make your bones and figure out what you want to do for a living and that kind of thing? I, I never really felt that because I was never interested in cooking. I always wanted to bake. And um, um, I, I, I personally didn't feel it. I know that there was a separation between, you know, you're a girl, you end up over there, you're a guy, then you move to the top. But it, it was hard uh, back in the 90s, you know, it was all still male dominated but it was very male uh focused like they get promoted you don't i didn't really feel that uh because i just wanted to bake and baking is where all the girls i guess were and uh i didn't really feel that um it was it was a lot different than it is now like they could talk to you a different way and treat you a different way and um i'm I'm not gonna say i'm glad i grew up in that time but it really um, instilled in me who I am. Like I could deal with a lot more things because I dealt with that as a, as unfair as it was. It, it made me want to say, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, after making people happy so long, I want to make myself happy. And that really pushed me to, to do my business, to go work for myself. I, I knew that there was a lot more to this business than working for someone else and being treated that way. Without so naming I, names, can you describe one of your worst bosses in a kitchen? Like when you were working as a uh, working for other people, can you describe what it was like to work for I'll, like like put I'll, us there? Like what like for people that that you know? Because I think a lot of people can't, especially if you're a white male guy, you're walking around, you can't imagine somebody like feeling like this level of of, of absolutely. Uh, can you describe some of that a little bit? Mm. It was probably my last job. I'm not going to say any names, but it was the last job before I decided to go do my quit everything and go into my my garage. Um, you know, what time did you come in? What time do, you can't leave now? You've only been here ten hours. Uh, and then the chefs are back in the back smoking pot. The guys, the guys, um, they come in whenever they want. They leave whenever they want. How many specials did you make today? Well, two. Well uh you know like they required me to do more when everyone else was kind of slacking and skating and um it sounds like unreal but it's true like oh what time did you come in that bothered me so much because i feel like when you love what you do or you're you're a professional 
you get more done in let's say four hours and they get done in 10. And it was just so, I found, I don't like unfairness and I, I don't really speak out against it, but I just leave. And that's what prompted me to just say, I'm done with, with this industry working on other people's terms. And a lot of that happens. Uh, girls get really, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like kicked around a little bit more than guys. And I, I'm not really sure why that happens. But I, I didn't want to put up with it anymore. So I just quit and went into my garage, which was probably the best decision I ever made. And and in that garage, like I know that you're the, you're the heart and soul behind everything. And, and you've had a, a man in your life who's who's been a partner to you both in life and in and in like helping you get to your dream versus these guys yeah. that were kind of over the top of you. Talk, talk to me a little bit about like Eric. that, that yeah, about Eric, Eric Page, and yeah, uh, yeah. and that partnership with you guys, and like starting in the starting in the in the garage mm -hmm. and making that dream come true. Yes, he he was a, a programmer for this company called Catered Fit up in Hollywood, and um, I said that's it. I'm not working for anybody else. I'm, he goes, oh, he was always supportive. He always knew that I wanted to do something more than what I was doing. In the beginning, he was in the background because he had his, his his own job and he was very surprised when I came home one day and I said, I quit. I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> and he, was like, he was like, oh, crap. But OK, what 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 do we do? We it was always a we. It was never like, OK, see, ya, you're on your own. It was always a we. And that's why I always felt like even though he wasn't there next to me in the beginning, beginning of the business. He was always in the background, which is uh, to hold me up, to 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 hear my 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 complaining, my stories, my this and that. And uh, so, in twenty seven and twenty twelve, I went into my garage, and uh, he was there helping me make. I was the dish. I, I mean, I was in the garage with cold water, no air conditioning, in the summer, making deliveries to Panther Coffee. He was my delivery guy. Um, so he he was really there from the beginning, but in a, now he's here in a different. Now he's like in it, in it completely. But back there, he was he was uh, in the background always, always supporting me, and that really gave me the strength to to do what I I, I did. Did your family in Puerto Rico make cookies? Because that doesn't seem like a like a super <laughs> Puerto Rican. Yeah, it's not a. That's dessert. not. It doesn't seem like a, a like a Latin dessert to get into cookies. No, no, they didn't actually. Um, when I went to culinary school, I didn't even know if I wanted to cook. I just went there because I had a, a restaurant background, a hotel and restaurant, and I wasn't really ready to go out into the workforce. So I went to the Culinary Institute, and that's where I started falling in love. I fell in love with baking, baking as a whole. And as I worked 20 plus years in the industry, the one thing that always made me happy was cookies. Cookies for some reason, not cupcakes, not donuts, not cakes. Cookies always made me feel better. Like if I was having a bad day, I'd have a cookie or I'd make cookies. Um, I'd come home after a long day of work. I'd bake some cookies. And uh, it was just something that made me feel good. And I didn't realize that people love cookies as much as I did. And when I quit my final job, I said, I just want to bake cookies. I want to finally make myself happy. 
do what I do, what I love and make other people happy, hopefully. And, uh, I do remember that when I first was introduced to your um to your cookies, I had reached peak donut. <laughs> like yeah, you've I, had every donut already. I had been like, yes, I've had every donut. I think I need to I need to find another way to get my my <laughs> my sweets in. Donuts are awesome, and donuts are great. And cupcakes are awesome. I mean, people are killing it in the cupcake business, but for some reason, cookies to me. They just have a very special place in my heart. They're they're a classic and that I don't think will ever go out of style. And the the, the possibilities are endless. Like I said, I'm gonna start thinking about a flan cookie. I'm gonna incorporate it in there somehow. And uh cookies are just classic. They've been around for a long time and uh everyone loves cookies. They just they make me so happy. You, I think about there's always like a when you start a business there's always like that one big risk moment and you opened you went from cooking baking in your house which you're like all right you know my rent is covered I'm in my house you know I'm yes. cooking only as many what's cookies as I can what's the worst that could happen what's the worst that could happen but then you open this shop it's on Northwest Northwest Northeast Second, Second. Northeast Second yep. and there's like no other businesses on that street like on that stretch there's basically there's you're right next to the railroad tracks Wait, you're right next to like a vegan place though but that yeah, wasn't even that wasn't open. even there that wasn't even yeah. there yeah i mean it was just it was just you so you open there in the hood like it, yeah mm-hmm. i mean like literally in an area where people are not it was walk, like train no tracks traffic. and then yes. warehouse like a, like a warehouse shop. And on the other side of the train tracks, there's the the graveyard. The cops call it the graveyard because right. that's where like not such good things happen over there. But <laughs> our bodies get found. Yikes! Good lord. Yes, and here yeah. I am. Like I'm gonna bake cookies. Well, I have a very funny story how you found us. I don't know if you remember, Carlos. Back in 2017, uh, we moved in. Uh, uh, um, uh, April. This April, we're, we're gonna be five years old. And we moved in April 13th. Our first visitor was Lee Schrager, who braved the hood to come say hi and take a photo with me. And I was so honored. Um, and then Carlo, oh, we moved in. It was, it, was, it was pretty stressful. It was my first spot. It was so many delays with the, with the fantastic, amazing city that I love. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have to say that just because they were helpful towards the end, but it was so stressful to move in. And we finally moved in. And two weeks after we moved in, they started digging up the sidewalk. And from one end to the other, like three block radius, the street was closed completely for a year and a half. Oh, oh I God. remember that. It looked like it, it looked like there had been like a like a sewer main broken. You know where they have to dig up the whole yes, si- the whole yes. street and sidewalk, and it was almost we, impossible to get there. We didn't even know that was going to happen. But um, surprise, your business is sinking. And the thing, the <laughs> only we didn't want to sell anything. <laughs> listen, definitely someone's watching over us because God must love cookies. Because <laughs> at, that, at that time. We were only wholesale, Panther Coffee. Um, we had about uh, 15 wholesale accounts at that point. So everything was going out. We delivered everything. We weren't uh, retail. We we did not, I didn't want to be retail. I just wanted to come in, bake my cookies and go home. And uh, so at that point it was fine because everything was going out. Then all of a sudden, I think, Carlos, you got lost around this area and you made a wrong turn and you ended up like kind of driving through and you saw us and you came in and I, I 
heard of you, but I'd never met you. And you said, I just kind of made a wrong turn and, I, and there you were. And we're like, here, try this, have this, because we were in retail. And all of a sudden you said, would you, would you like, I'd love to do a story on you guys. I didn't even know this was here. Like we were, we're in the hood, 73rd and Northeast 2nd in Little Haiti. And uh, I said, I would love for you to do a story on us. And that's when the first article in 2017 came out. And we got so much business from that. And uh, so that's my Carlos Fia story, how I met Carlos Fia. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 you know, I just, I have been paying attention to like different people that, you know, because yes. that were buying your cookies for their things, Panther Coffee or yes. whatever. And I was like, I, I need some cookies in my life. Let me go yes. find these cookies. And, it and, was so amazing. and they were just great. Though I got it, though I, I have to put in a personal plug for the carrot cake, which I'm like, I would just, I would just be a fat kid eating cake all day with that carrot cake. I would just be spooning it, you know, into my mouth yep. nonstop. I love cake not locus. liking carrot cakes. Carrot cake is one of my bad food opinions. I can't, I can't mess you with carrot cake. You haven't had this carrot cake. Uh-huh. I'm sure. I bet you it's really yeah, good. I think it's, it's because of um, my bad food take on carrot cake has to do with my daughter ate a carrot cake, um, like cupcake once, and she got really sick. Because oh, really? it probably had bad cream or something like that, you know, dairy. Oh, no. Then <laughs> you so, could try the coconut cake or the chocolate cake. I'll eat all the cakes. Amazing. Not carrot cake. <laughs> what's what's your? Do you have a bad food opinion? Is there something that that you get criticized for liking some kind of food that other people hate on you for? Mine is is like pineapples on pizza. People like that's a classic. I love pineapples on pizza. I also yes. It gives it a little sweetness. I, I need sweet in my in my food. Like I just. Because you and I are Latino, because we got the Latin background, man. Yes. We need, we don't mind that. I love pineapple. You know, I, I don't think so. But I don't. I'm not a food eater. Like I love sweets, and of course, you have to eat food for health and stuff. You weigh like 96 pounds. Yeah, it's obvious. No. You obviously are not a food eater. <laughs> She's oh, not well. an eater of. Food. She's like cookies and cigarettes. Uh, just <laughs> cooking. That's and all coffee. I need in my life. Just give me more cookies and cigarettes. <laughs> Eric, bake me some more of those cookies, Eric. Put another batch in. No, I, I, I just love sweets. I even put granola on my salad because I need that little bit of sweet with it. I eat cornbread with with my burger. I don't eat the bun. I have to have the cornbread because it's a little bit sweet. I don't know if you, you guys put had burgers food. inside cornbread. A cornbread yeah, burger, a like a, a cornbread, cornbread burger. burger? I, no, I put the burger patty on top and then I like cut down on it. I'm like a shepherd's straight. pie, like a yeah. like a. Wait, wait, wait <laughs> what is happening amazing. here? She puts, <laughs> she puts know, the burger. I have photos. Yes, the on burger top. stepped on top of the piece of, the cornbread. of cornbread. Oh, I need and that yeah, and it's then so by wow. the way, the corn you make a cornbread there. Yes, and oh it's really freaking good. It's, it's got honey. Okay, so you'll take that cornbread and you'll stick a burger patty in the middle of it. Yeah, well, well and then that's like an open face. An open-faced burger yes, is what she an does. Do you put any toppings on it, or do you just put no, ketchup and mustard? No, just like that. The sweet and the savory is, and then maybe so, some onions. It's so good. That is almost like the most gringo version of an arepa that you could ever possibly make. Because if you think about it, well, no, arepas don't have. Uh, no, 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 she's doing. It's a shepherd's pie. It's yeah. kind of a shepherd's, it's like a in that sense. It's, it's a Cindy, Cindy burger. burger. No, and then it also. In the mornings, like you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk Michael's genuine to do his pastrami on top of cornbread with a fried egg on top. Oh, oh my Just god! The sweet and the savory, and Michael's genuine pastrami is the best. Just everything in Michael's genuine is the best, but. I'm trying. I, I I would love that combo. It's just the sweet and the savory. I'm a big sweet savory. 
See, I, I remember talking with one of the chefs down here, uh, Richard Hales, who who had um, who owns Black Brick out there, and yes. he was doing a barbecue thing, which I'm not sure he's doing anymore down here. Society he's in Tampa now. Barbecue, Society Barbecue. It's still he's still going, yeah, because he was. I know he was, he'd moved to Tampa, but anyway, he was like the Miami palate is sweet. He's like, so my barbecue, I have to have something on the menu. He does the burnt ends that have like uh, that makes he makes the sauce sweeter. He's like because Latins like. Sweet things. Sweet. They like their sweet barbecue, sweet food. I think that's why we do so well. Like people love sweets. People mm-hmm. love cookies. And of course we do a little bit more than cookies. That's the our 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 we focus on cookies, but we do other sweet stuff and people come in and they're just like, Oh, forget the cookies. I want the carrot cake or I want the cornbread or I want the banana bread. And it's it's we've been so fortunate that people have had such a we've had such great feedback from everybody with the products, but so, I think that's so the- how much, how much retail do you do at this point? Now that, now that people are coming to you, like as a destination, cause I have to tell you, I go, I go to your shop anytime I go to Miami shores to pick up or drop off my daughter at her friend's house. Yep. And so like how much, and every time I go, there's always people there. There's, you know, it's like, you have to walk in, get your stuff and get out. Cause it's not like you're, it, it, there's a little bar, but like, it's not yep. a, and so we have much- a, we actually have a little, um, patio in the back now that we share with the plantisserie our vegan friends our our vegan restaurant neighbors we created a little patio in the back and it's super cute and when the weather's nice it's great um but now this is what i say when someone's definitely watching over the cookie business um during covid our 24 wholesale accounts went down to zero because everybody closed everybody closed and uh we're like oh crap like okay and um but basically that this this thing that the wholesale accounts for folks who don't know is, is kind of like your that's your safety net that's your savings that, account basically like the thing awesome. when people are coming in this is the thing that brings in a steady so re- stream retail's of money. never the bread and butter it is now it after is COVID, now. we have zero wholesale accounts now zero it's oh, it we wow. shifted during covid Zero. Um, we weren't doing, we weren't open, but people were calling, we we're putting the cookies outside on the table. People didn't even come in, but they needed their sweets. And like that, we, we kept, we kept going go belly. We shipped uh, through go belly nationwide. We did this partnership with them to send cookies to healthcare workers that kept us going as well. Didn't, didn't that blow your mind that, that people were willing I mean, willing to pay like this incredible sums of money to send cookies around the country yes it was one of those things like people really wanted uh, a sense of comfort and to send family they couldn't see like this sense of comfort yes we have so many repeat customers on globally even if the price is high it includes the shipping but it's high and yeah people, I we have said, so many repeat customers i said croquetas uh, once with gold, gold belly and it's like the reason why you're sending it is because it's a gift for the person usually yes, it's like yes. you're, you're doing it because you want them to have the thing that they love yes but it's it is very it's very expensive yes yeah, but, and, but people lined up for it like it that really kept you i remember walking into your shop like you know being on that outside part during the pandemic and you had box pink boxes which all your cookies come in these pink boxes yes. stacked to the ceiling yes. getting ready to ship we were doing about with gold belly they wanted to send cindy Lou's cookies to all the healthcare workers throughout the nation we were doing for a week straight we did 250 boxes a day dozen Lord. box cookies that they wanted to ship out to everybody and it was incredible 
And we, a lot of people found us like that. And also we started, we were, obviously we were closed as well because everyone was closed. Um, but we started, we were here, we didn't want to stay home. And we started baking cookies to keep our staff employed. We started baking cookies and just delivering them to the hospitals, like for all the healthcare workers, the fire stations, we were just giving them away. And that turned into people like seeing that on Instagram and they were calling us saying, how can we support you? How can we want to match money-wise what you're sending so that you can bake more and send. And it was unbelievable how the community came together during that time and how we stayed open. I don't even think we closed the day during COVID because we kept on baking for everybody, which brings me to how our, our partners, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, our new partners found us on Instagram through what we were doing for the pandemic. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that because you, like you've been this kind of this best kept secret cookie shop, right? Where, you know, it, it was such a Miami thing where people would go to your shop and they would, you know, post pictures on Instagram, whatever. Yep. Um, but now you partnered with SBE, right? SBE is the name of the company that they yeah. basically have ghost kitchens. They, they have hospitality. Uh, they have kitchens, hotels, everything around the country. Yep. And you've, and you've partnered with them. So, and basically you've, you've, you know, you, you gave up some of the recipes for, for, for a little bit of cash money uh, to, well, to, uh, to get think, that national, right? Yes, yes, yes. It, the story is, is kind of like that, but a little bit different. We, we were doing all this stuff for the pandemic. Once everything started opening up, we didn't, we saw that we survived with no wholesale and we have our shop here that people were coming to, which was amazing. So we decided to focus on our shop because the wholesale was really hard on us. We're a small staff and it's a lot of stuff going out and for half price, we, we decided to see how it went with um, retail after COVID and it's, thank God, and and and, uh, and the cookie business, uh, we we hung in there and we're, we're only wholesale right now. We don't have any, I mean, we're only retail. We don't have any wholesale accounts, but happens to be last March, a year ago this month, somebody came knocking on our door and they're like, we're from SBE and we've been keeping an eye on you guys. And we're looking for partners to brand, uh, for, for, to expand, um, our, our, our deck. And, uh, you know, Sam is very interested in you. And by Sam, I mean, Sam Nazarian, he's, uh, the, the big guy over at SBE. And, um, we're like, I never really heard of them. I know the Faina, I know the SLS, I know Jose Andres, he was his partner. And um, I said, okay, so that we sat down for an hour and they talked to us, they sent us information. And what they were doing was they were creating their own brands in, in inside SBE and trying to build them and promote them and grow them. And it doesn't matter what kind of money you have to build a brand it's not easy. It's hard. And you have to have a following. Not only do you have to have the money, you have to have the product. And they found that with all the time and resources that they put into building brands, some of them were not working and it wasn't worth their time, but they have, he has a lot of real estate all over the country. And he was looking for people to put in all these places. And they decided to partner with established brands um, people who would be willing to go in uh, as a partnership, 50-50 with them to, to and grow as, you know, his brand and our brand. And 
and that's how that came about. And, 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 we, and, and what did that mean to you to be able to, I mean, you've, it's one of those things where you're a classic case of an overnight success that took, that was 25 years in the making, right? <laughs> like those things where you had been, you know, you had been yeah. creating your whole career and your whole life for this. And then you have this, this opportunity yes. to really like cash in that token, you know, that yes. thing that, you know, you got yes. that you won yes. at the big wheel, you know? One of my favorite sayings is sometimes it takes it takes years to become an overnight success. And that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite things because everyone thinks that, oh my God, you're so lucky. This came, you're you're famous. And I'm like, no, first of all, I'm not. And second of all, luck the fact that they came and checked in on us, I think it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, luck of course has something to do with it, but damn, we worked so hard for this and 25 years in the making. Yeah, I, I, lucky. Yeah, but damn, a lot of hard work and and it, it. I I still can't believe this is happening to us because it was never really about being huge and growing. But it comes to a point where we had this little shop in Little River that was. It's our heart and it's so much heart and soul in here, and it was so hard to get to this point. And we really had no intentions of doing any other shops. We were okay here. It was, like I said, it was so hard to open this and run it because we're in here six days a week. And um, all of a sudden we had this opportunity to uh, to have our brand, ex uh, you know, blow up. And we wouldn't have been able to do it on our own. And these people came in that are complete professionals and this is what they do. They take brands and they they take them to the next level and we decided to take we decided to dive in with two you know jump in two feet because it comes a point in your career where I, I want other people to try our cookies I don't want to just be stuck in the hood here which I'm very happy here but I wanted I wanted to get our product out there and in, in, in a way that it's not just ghost kitchens we actually have our own little shops with him He's putting us in all the food halls. And, uh, I was going to ask, our, Cindy, how many how many markets now besides Miami get to experience the joy of your cookies? It's going to be, uh, right now we have New York and Miami. Uh, Chicago is next month. Uh, Atlanta, followed by Atlanta, Seattle, and Austin this year. That's all the good oh. places, man. That's, that's all the good places. That's where the cookie lovers are, man. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody knows this yet, but we're going to London at the end of May. Oh, London they know it was now. just put on the they map. Know it I mean, now. <laughs> the food hall is ready to go. We're just uh, doing final touches. We actually are working on getting my passport in uh, May. And then at the end of this year, probably December, January, it's Dubai. Um, wow. so we're, 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 I mean, like it's I said. Fancy. It's interesting <laughs> that now that you're now getting your passport. And so like now this, after like basically being in the in a little cave, baking your whole all this entire career and now you're getting to kind of enjoy the spoils and traveling i mean you're going to be going to london you're going to dubai i'm sure you're going to be going right you got to make sure well, the location have, is right our our deal was we bring we you know they obviously they're our partners but we bring the concept the recipes the training the energy the pigtails i don't have them now because i got my hair cut but <laughs> we bring we bring all we bring that part of of uh, you know the stuff that's going to be branded and grown we bring that and they do everything else so we partnered and we have a they're ama they've been amazing so far um we couldn't have asked for better partners um so 
um, we bring, we had to, of course, give our recipes as part of the deal. And, um, but it's all very secure, very, um, I mean, we, like I said, we're still pinching ourselves. They came out of nowhere. And, and here we are a year later, like with all these plans that people only dream about. I mean, I've been dreaming about this, but I never really thought it would happen. I mean, I'm, I'm up there. I'm not, I'm not getting any younger, but like, it's never too late for your dreams to come true. Um, but I didn't even include like the West coast, like LA, Las Vegas, uh, California, which is where they were based out of. They're based out of California. So let's say say you go to New York and like a couple months after they've started going and you go there and you're like, yo, you guys aren't making my cookies right. What do you, what do you do in that case, Cindy? Well, we've we've been open in, I have a little like Cindy Lou, like, ah, we've been open in new york for five months and and we're going to new york in about two weeks we go to new york about once a month because that's probably been one of the hardest things to keep up with is make sure that the quality is being uh, upkept and the things are being done to our standards because we're just so hands-on i get anxiety like what are they doing what's going on over there <laughs> so because of that we found a solution we get videos we get photos every day of every single cookie that's baked you know, just until they get up and running and have it to where we're okay with it. Um, we get photos, we, we communicate with them at least, uh, you know, three, four times a week. Um, and everything is going great over there. We have secret shoppers that go in and, and, and check on our, on our product. Um, it's, it's been, it's been challenging only because we're not used to not being in control of the situation. We're used to being in our little shop here in the hood and everything that goes out that door is uh, either touched, scooped, packed, packaged by me. And uh, it's, it's definitely been a learning experience when it comes to that. But they, like I said, our partners have been awesome, supportive in every sense of the way. And um, we're, we're getting there. Uh, we also have a, a, a spot in Brightline that we just opened at the train station. And we have some awesome bakers over there, some awesome management staff over there that that do things like as if we were in Little River. So Cindy, that's a challenge. Will you talk to me a little bit about your background? Like you, like we started with you here at eighteen, but like growing up in Puerto Rico, like I always think like I had two good cooks in my life. Even though you know where I ended up, I got, like my mom was a great cook. My dad was really a surprisingly a, a really good cook. What, what was did you have someone in your family that was like a cocinero or la cocinera that, you know, that really kind of inspired you? Well, not, you know, my mom, of course, moms always inspire you, but she wasn't a baker. She was a great cook. Of course, she always had these huge Thanksgiving feasts. She was a coquito maker, right? She was a coquito maker. Yes. So, she, oh my God, Cindy, you, you should make a talent. coquito. You need to make a coquito cookie. <gasps> we, Oh, I do. We do make it for Christmas. Wow. Yes. A cookie. How did I miss a that? Coquito, no, a coquito <laughs> cookie. We do make it for Christmas. So we'll have to send you guys some. Um, she was very inspirational in the sense that she was very nurturing. She was very, wanted everything to be perfect and wanted everything to be delicious. And in that sense, I get that from my mom. Like I'm so, I just want people to be happy. And that's where this whole like, make trying to be the best I can and doing the best do good be good and put it out there is is what part of of Puerto Rico are you from I'm from Santurce which is in the around the capital of San Juan 
And I, I, I moved there when I was one from the Bronx, New York. I grew up there. I left when I was 18 to go to Boston University. Um, I didn't really grow up cooking. Uh, my dad didn't cook. My mom always cooked, but it wasn't so like you, I could say. Oh, so ahead. you were in the Bronx and then went to Puerto Rico and then came back like you like your family was moving back and forth. Well, they stayed and then they moved to Miami. But I went, you know, I went to college in, in Boston. Then I went to New York, went to Vegas, came, went back to Puerto Rico. Yeah, I, I did a little traveling when I was younger. But once I started the business, it kind of ties you down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, you've been so good to spend so much time with us. I'm, I'm curious before we let you go to, uh, to play our game. Uh, we do a, a kiss, Mary kill with food. We okay. Pick, we pick three foods that uh, we, we force you to make a decision on whether you want to kiss them, marry them, and then you got to kill one. Okay. So we, so we have three of your cookies. Okay. And, and we know that you love cookies. So we're going to put you in a tight <laughs> spot. Oh boy. So kiss, Mary kill guava, coconut, Lemon cloud, Nutella swirl, Cindy Lou, uh, kiss Mary okay. Kill. I would, I would marry the lemon cloud. Wow, that's an easy would, one, huh? I, that, yeah, I would kiss the guava, uh, the guava coconut, and I would, I would kill the Nutella. I mean, Nutella, you know, it, everyone loves it, but it's not my favorite. It's I a crowd please. It's a crowd pleaser, but it's not, it's not for you. Yeah, and 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 that's getting back. I mean there's something for everyone. And that's the beauty of what we do here. Also, like everyone has their favorite, like you love the carrot cake. She might love the coconut cake. And I love the chocolate cake. There's something for everyone. So the Nutella can beat it. You can get Nutella anywhere. Yeah, yeah, lemon cloud. So yeah. <laughs> that's it. So I'm going to have my lemon cloud and I'm going to have a Cindy Lou cornbread burger. You and that's, that's what I'm going to make for lunch. <laughs> Come get, come get cornbread, go to Beltran, have it make your burger patty and put that thing on there and you'll see what oh I do. I kind of like that. That idea. will be like a food scavenger hunt. I kind of like that. Start idea. at Cindy Lou's. We'll finish at, at uh, Chugs. Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that plan. Cindy, <laughs> thank you so much for making time for us. You are the best and we will thank be by soon to raid your, your, your cookie jar. Please do. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right. Bye, Cindy. Bye guys. Have a nice day. You too. She's the bestest. Cookies, dude. Cookies. You can't Cindy, beat cookies. Cindy and Cindy's cookies, the best. I, know. I hope New York appreciates what they are getting in the form of these cookies. No, they're they're gonna they're gonna figure out ways where they think it, they can do something better. Probably. Uh, no, yeah, they'll probably. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love I love that she's um she's like this little bright light of personality you know yeah. and, and every time that i've talked to her she's like that you know she's kind of like this very positive spirit as a matter of fact when you when you get cookies at her shop she like hand writes inside the box a little mm -hmm. a little message you know dude um, anybody who lives on cookies and coffee like <laughs> they eric bake me some more cookies <laughs> bring me my bring me my afternoon cookie and she's out there. Mmm, 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 like, I'm smoking. gonna eat some cookies now. That's it. <laughs> so listen, before we bounce, I yes. have to give you the update on the croqueta poll. Dame el update. All right, because we're, we're doing the the having people vote on the best croqueta in Miami. Totally we're unscientific our, poll where our, you win our nothing. Un unscientific poll where the stakes are very low. There is no <laughs> there is no prize. <laughs> Just the fact that everybody that you love has voted for your croqueta. So guess what, Carlos? 
there is like a sleeper, a sleeper candidate that has come from behind and is now in second place. Babe's Meat Encounter, the place oh. where, where they sell the, what do they call it? The um, the poutine. Poutine. Yeah, where they sell the poutine. They are in second place behind Cow Bakery, which Cow Bakery seems like a pretty logical, a logical front runner. And they are followed. They are both followed by Islas Canarias and El Carajo. And El Carajo is one of the best places to go in Miami to get croquetas in a gas station. Yes. I know they would win that poll. A whole but... <laughs> Spanish restaurant tucked inside of a BP station. That's yeah. like, that's Miami right there. That's very Miami for yeah. you. Um, for so sure. the the bottom four right now are a place called Well Fed, which I have never been to. I have ne- They have good bots. They had good voting bots, I think, <laughs> because I have never, I have not heard of them. But that's, that does, those I don't cro- know about every place. I don't know. Those croquetas, Sergio's and Versailles, they're all they're all fighting for the for the bottom spot. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to activate the fans so they can get to the top four because next week we're gonna have the top four. All right, let's see which let's see whose robots are the best. Whose voting robots are the best? <laughs> no, who's got like the, the the most carpal tunnel from like just refreshing the browser? <laughs> <laughs> Bruised fingertips. Uh, well, Amy, I think that's a show. I think um, so. We're we're gonna be uh, we'll always have some stories churning, and we'll have stuff to talk about next week. And like I said, I think we're we're aiming to have um, Zach Stern on the show to talk about his uh, his big James Beard moment. Um, talk about bread for an hour. I'm down with that. Yeah, we should just get some bread and eat it during the show. And just <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> All right, Amy. All right. Until next week. Until next week. Take Deuces. care.